on your PC, iPod or smartphone. This is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the 7th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2016, it's part one of our look at the 2016 National Youth Girls Championships. We catch up with Victorian country coach Scott Gowans, Victoria Metro coach Wayne Seacombe, Queensland coach Craig Starsevich, and WA coach Clint Degabrut. That's all coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the 7th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2016, our 41st edition overall. Yes, this is part one of a two-part series looking at the National Youth Girls Championships to be played in Melbourne for 2016. In part one, we're going to be speaking to the Pool A coaches. That's Victoria Country, Victoria Metro, Western Australia and Queensland. And we hope to have up for you soon part two, which will be chatting with some of the Pool B coaches. Now, the National Youth Girls Championships is taking part in Melbourne from Monday the 2nd of May, running through until Friday the 6th of May. It all kicks off on the Monday at Collingwood's training venue, otherwise known as the Holden Centre on Olympic Boulevard in Melbourne. That's playing through today on Monday. Uh, Playing on Tuesday at Trevor Barker Beach Oval on Beach Road Sandringham. On Thursday will be round three of the carnival when they play Piranha Park, otherwise known as Coburg City Oval, Harding Street, Coburg. And then on Friday, Three of the four matches will take place at Punt Road Oval in Richmond and the Pool A Grand Final, that's first versus second, will be doing battle at the MCG 5 o'clock Friday as a curtain raiser to the Hawthorne-Richmond game. And we'll have more details for you on girlsplayfooty.com over the weekend uh, when we publish the articles of our chats with the coaches. But you get to hear them first by listening to the podcast. And we're going to start off, first of all, with the new coach of the Victorian Country Youth Girls team. Scott Gowans, how does it feel to be crossing from the dark side from being a Vic Metro assistant coach to now coaching Vic Country? It feels a bit like that, I must admit. My, uh, my first speech in front of the girls it felt a bit foreign, but um, no, look, it's, it's, it's been a great transition and uh, I'm uh, enjoying it so far. Let's have a look at the uh, Vic Country Girls side. You started to put that together uh, late last year and um, a, a practice match just recently uh, against Vic Metro. How do you felt that all came together? Yeah, fairly well. We, um, we took the, the um, philosophy of playing the whole squad and rotating them through different positions. Um, we've got a few different phases of game structure that we wanted to teach the girls. Um, so we practiced that sort of almost regardless of the scoreboard. So the, the scoreboard wasn't really the main focus. It was more about just teaching the girls and seeing who copes with uh, which structure. Um, so the, the game itself was a massive success. But it, it gave us all those um, those key points. And uh, yeah, in the end, I think the game ended up being fairly close. I think it might have been 10 points in it. They, they got us by in the end. But uh, I, I was really pleased with, with what we put out of the park. And as we spoke with Wayne Seacom, there, of course, was the TAC Cup Academies uh, having their Youth Girls Championships uh, throughout February, March. Um, out of that, did you see any late bolters that surprised you and worked their way into the squad? Yeah, we did. There was a, there was a couple of girls uh, that came through that. Um, the difference with, with Big Country was uh, I was I was coaching the Dandy Stingray, so... Uh, my focus was really on the Dandy Stingrays, but I did keep a keen eye on the on the other game. Um, but the country the country squad sort of came together fairly early. 
games were fantastic to actually get the get the chance to see these girls play in positions and um, get a little bit of I suppose uh, match fitness and uh, it made such a difference this year compared to, to what we had at uh, Metro last year when I was over at Metro. Before we have a look at the uh, squad for this year, um, first of all, we need to know how many are you carrying over from last year? Of course, with uh, with under-18s, some will naturally age out and go up to senior level. Yeah, we had, we had quite a few move on um, out of the squad. So we've, we've got nine retained um, out of the 27. So it's quite a big change, a lot of new faces in the squad this year. Um, and again, that's the result of being able to see the academy game. Um, a lot of girls moved on that were, were top age. Uh, but what, what has actually happened is we've replaced, we're actually a fairly old group, so we've got 13 girls that are 18 so in their top year. Um, so some of the girls are in their first or second year of footy, it was just that they didn't uh, try out last year, whereas this year it's been um, been able to see the girls, we're able to sort of pick them ourselves from the academy games. So um, we've gone for a fairly older squad. Um, even though, you know, some of those girls will only play this year and that'll be it, they're not moving on to senior footy. Having a look at some of the stars of your squad, some names clearly stand out. Georgia Walker and Lily Methan. Yeah, look, Lily, Lily in particular, she's a, she's a capital player. She's uh, a captain last year. She hasn't got a leadership role this year officially, of course, but uh, she's, she's still a leader of the side. and uh, Great little footballer. Uh, really, really smart football brain. Um, so she'll, she'll have a really good carnival this year, I think. Been allowed to play footy and not sort of worry about um, the leadership side of things so much. Uh, Georgia Walker, she's captain this year, so stepped up that role for vice captain last year. Really smart footballer, can play defence or in the midfield. So, um, you know, they're two to watch Bella Rares, another one uh, top age this year. Bella will probably play predominantly ruck forward. Um, so, they're, they're probably the three standouts in the group. And who are some of those that have managed to work their way into the leadership group this year? Yeah, we've got um, Amy McDonald, um, smart midfielder, really silky sort of footballer, um, outside type of mid. Beck um, Webster, who's probably the opposite of Amy, she's an inside mid player. Um, she's from up Murray Way. Uh, she, she's the type of footballer that um, I think if you were going to prototype um, a footballer, say, against like an Anthony Kudafides of Carlton, that type of build for a male, uh, Beck Webster's that kind of build and mould, um, fast and athletic type of footballer uh, in the female space. So um, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm hoping to see big things from Beck Webster. I think she could actually be, I was going to pick like a surprise packet of, the, of what I think of my team. She's probably the one that, that could really step up. And as we go into this carnival, we know obviously that the big Metro girls are able to stay at home and just uh, roll up to the ground on match day. We've got the uh, girls from interstate that will be flying in, staying in their respective hotels. Uh, how's it been seen with Vic Country? Are the girls going to be staying in their respective country towns and driving in, or are they going to be based in Melbourne for the week? Yeah, we'll be based in Melbourne for the week. So the idea is to give them that elite week of football so they'll, they'll experience what an AFL footballer basically would, I suppose, uh, so they'll, they'll do uh, play the games, then they'll do match recovery, match review. Um, uh, we'll, we'll identify who we're playing the, the next day, do an opposition analysis, get up in the morning, do activation walks, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so they're really going to get to eat, sleep and breathe it for a week. 
And, of course, it all starts off at uh, Collingwood against uh, Queensland on the Monday. Uh, you might just have to keep your eye out. I think Meg Hutchins, of course, is the female operations manager for the Magpies for their licence bid that she's not pulling any players aside wanting to uh, see if she can get some early signatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, look, it's, I can't wait to get into it. I think um, you know, Big Country, is part of the, the reason the job appealed to me so much is they, um, as Big Country is a standalone, they haven't won a, a game of footy yet. They're, they're zero and eight. Um, so they've lost all four games in Canberra, all four over in Perth last year. Um, so, you know, really there's, for, for me, the objective obviously is to, is to get a few wins on the board. Um, but I've just been, um, you know, I've been so pleased the way the girls have gelled together and taken the new concept of of uh, my structures that I wanted to introduce and um, I, I've got high expectations this year. That'll be good. If you as a coach, how much does it play in the back of your mind? Not only obviously going for the win, but ticking a few boxes for the girls, having them play in different positions throughout the carnival to obviously show what wares they have, um, for, at least for the top age girls in the hopes of being recruited for next year's National Women's League. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. That's, that's where we'll what we'll do with Bellaria and Lily Mitten and uh, Georgia Walker. Um, now, predominantly, if I had, you know, if I was out there just to focus on the win, I'd probably have Bella uh, in the ruck most of the time, and I'd have Lily on the ball. But um, I think to showcase them on, on the sort of stage that we've got here in Melbourne, um, they both need to play forward, and Georgia Walker probably needs to play back where she can show her runoff half back a little bit more. Um, and again, that look, and that'll benefit the side. I've got no doubt about that, but it's you know, if you were just going for the win, ideally you'd probably have probably half a dozen players you'd have in different positions than what they're actually going to play on the during the carnival. Um, but that's just part of, you know, when you take the job, that's the development side of it. Um, and that's just um, all, all the other coaches. Clint will be the same. Craig Starswitch will be the same. Um, and Wayne will be the same as well. It's just the way it is. And because you're a Paul A side, um, how much do you wave the carrot in front of the girls that get a couple of wins, make the grand final, you'll be playing the Paul A grand final on the MCG. Yeah, I, I don't have to waste the character. They talk about it constantly. So um, I think it's, in some ways, it's sort of... I haven't actually heard them say much about winning the title, but all they talk about is getting to the MCG. And uh, I think that you could probably safely say from where the country is coming from, we did get a couple of wins and managed to get on the MCG, I think they would see that as their, almost their premiership or their title. Um, anything after that would be a bonus. So um, I know the girls are very excited. I, I don't have to mention it at all. <laughs> just, uh, it's just talked about. And uh, who will be joining you on the coaching panel for these championships? Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely lucky. I've got uh, Sam Armit. He's my senior assistant. Um, coaches up at Murray in Bush Rangers. Um, terrific coach, really clever coach. Um, so Sam will, Sam will be on board. Um, I've got Vanessa Lewicki, who's been, um, she's a former big uh, captain. Um, she also actually helps me coach at Long Murray in the senior men's footy. Uh, very smart operator, very analytic, analytical with her, with her thinking. Um, so I'm really happy to have her. And Bree White, who um, coached the Geelong Academy this year, and she's also a Melbourne footballer. Um, so I'm really lucky. And then on the bench, I've got um, Alex Veach, who um, strength and conditioning, but he's also a level one coach, so he'll be helping out down there. And I've got Dean Rice, the former um, Carlton Premiership player. He's uh, my bench manager. So, um, so I'm 
I'm really lucky with the team I've got. The girls uh, have got a wealth of knowledge. Um, we're all in it together. So I allow my coaches, you know, I could, I could fall over tomorrow and the place would just run perfectly. So I'm, I'm really lucky. And we thank Scott very much for his time and wish the Vic Country girls all the very best. Now it's time to switch across to the Western Australians who finished third in the championships last year after beating Vic Country in the third versus fourth final. I've got on the line the WA coach, Clint Degabrut. Clint, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, how are you and the girls feeling uh, heading in to this national championships in Melbourne? Yeah, don't, no concern from me, but uh, the girls are ready. They've been uh, putting to the last sort of couple of touches on uh, their game plan and, and how they're moving uh, the footy uh, through the field and obviously some other little structures that they put in place. But um, the last couple of sessions that they've been involved in have been absolutely top shelf. I think they're uh, fit to split. I guess one thing we need to have a look at is how much has the professionalism changed even at youth girls level over the past few years as I guess we have to build them up as footballers to get ready for 2017? Yeah, that's, 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 that's uh, professionalism. It's just such a good question. Um, now that there's the reality of, of playing um, AFL is there, the, the professionalism's increased so that they can get there. Still got a way to go. Um, I'm not going to say these are professional athletes, but um, they take themselves a lot more seriously knowing that there's actually a reward for their effort at the end, which is, uh, which is playing AFL footy. Has the attitude changed for WA Youth Girls footy considering two years ago that momentous occasion when you knocked off the Vicks for the first time and won the title? Yes, it is, which was uh, just about the first time uh, the WA had been Victorian female footy in sort of 25 years history. Uh, yes, it did. It changed very much. Um, so probably to, the, to our detriment last year, the team expected that that would, would be happening again. Um, probably didn't hunt uh, the best of the best as well as they did the previous year. So these girls uh, this year don't have a lot of those memories from either defeating or, or, or being defeated by last year. So the current crop is, um, is keen to make their own history so it was a momentous occasion for WA female football. That, that's uh, definitely the case. Um, but I think the way the kids look at the game these days is they're just not scared of anything. A fair bit of turnover compared to last year's side. I think you're only carrying over 10 players from last year's championships. Yeah, it's about that. Oh, we probably, probably had it at 12. But um, you're right, it's been an injection of new blood. And we've, we've kept some really quality players from last year who have led the team really well, like Beat Devlin and, and Jasmine Stewart and those girls. Uh, Rachel Ashley, just fantastic. Uh, sort of second and third time through this program so uh, the addition of Emily Maguire and, and those seven, 16, 17 year olds um, Brittany Fabry, Courtney's younger sister just have really, really given us a hard edge. And of course the Eugle name in there as well which everyone knows about the Adams as, as well in the under 18 side. Yeah, definitely uh, uh, Maddie Eugle's an explosive uh, player, she had a, a, a interrupted prep due to some unfortunate stuff that's going on in, in her world, but um, you know we'd expect her to launch off. Yeah, Adams, Adams, um, Megan Adams, and uh, she's got a twin sister that's pushed her all the way through the program as well. She returns, and she's a tough little insider. So um, yeah, yeah, I guess start listing names, I guess, which is which is what people don't want to hear about. But Katie Bartlett up front as a full forward, she can do most things up there, and some really hard nuts down back in Hayley Custers and and Amber Goodwin. Um, yeah, Ebony Hardy comes back through. Um, Courtney Hodder is a superstar, or will be. Yeah, some some fantastic outside run from Chloe Metcalf and these girls. It's it really is um, it really is a, a football team. And when did the squad first start to come together as a camp? Uh, they, they, most of the girls go through the Talent Academy, which is the West Australian Footy Commission's program, uh, which is uh, about connecting these kids to, to footy um, and taking them to the next level. Now we take them out of the Talent Academy, so these guys have been together since November. 
uh, with obviously you said ten, ten to twelve of them have been have repeated in this inside this program. But meanwhile, the girls have played together in the state sixteens uh, program under Ollie Beef. So most of these girls know each other very well. Um, and the youth girls' footy in WA is not so big that they don't know each other uh, from from the sides as well. So as a group, they've been together since November. Then as an 18s group, they've been together since January. Um, but as players on the pathway, some of these guys have played you know, 15s, 16s and, and 18s together already. So they're a pretty intimately, intimately connected group. Um, but, yeah, in, in the state 18s program, they've been working pretty hard since January. And what's the plan as you head over to Melbourne? Are you flying in on the Sunday? Yeah, for, you know, on, on Saturday morning and Saturday night, there's a bit of a, a broken... Um, two, two of the coaches getting later on, on Saturday than the team. So the, the team will be together in, uh, on Saturday night for dinner and a meeting, and then uh, Sunday we sort of all get, all get together and wind up towards the carnival. And uh, heading into that carnival, a big carrot there if you do make it through to the grand final, yeah. that the Paul A champions will be playing the curtain raiser on the MCG. Yeah, it's um, it's tough not to talk or think about that, but uh, that's certainly our plan to be there. Um, obviously, we've got to do our things. We've got to do all all the things that we need to do uh, correctly. Um, we've got to uh, play, you know, our roles and our systems. We've got to make sure that uh, you know we don't take too much notice of the opposition, but just focus on our efforts and um, hopefully, you know, with a bit of luck and a bit of hard work, we end up in the MCG. And and ultimately, of course, we we do plan to to hoist the cup up, as do, as do every other team that's competing. And the weather conditions at the moment, looking to early next week, Fabio, I guess the worst thing WA sides could look forward to is cold, wet conditions on small grounds in close Victorian-style football. Instead, you're playing on some bigger VFL-sized grounds. You've got temperatures of, uh, I think, Monday's partly cloudy, 21. Tuesday, mostly sunny, 25. So some perfect WA weather for you. Yeah, it is. You know, the flat, hard tracks out here have support us rotten, of course, but um, we've, trained the, we've trained the players to be, you know, as hard and as, as desperate as we can inside in that Victorian-style footy. And then, obviously, you know, then we want to go to WA once we win the footy. So we know that the Victorians will beat us on the body inside, so we've got to be up for that. For that. You know, that's, that's male, female, masters footy. It doesn't matter. Uh, that's how the Vicks play. It's, uh, it's pure and it's brilliant. So we've, we've worked really hard to, to be at the coalface, but then we'd say our strength was if we can get it outside from the coalface, you know, we can, we can run and stun on them. So that's the plan. And uh, also as uh, we look ahead towards these championships, uh, for you as a coach, do you have the message, I guess, from top down of not only you're obviously looking for the win and to hold the cup aloft, but to try and uh, rotate the girls in as many different positions yeah. as possible so the recruiters get to have a look at them when they consider the 2017 yeah. squads? We're, 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 far more interested in, we're far more interested in the development of the players, um, you know, first and foremost as individuals, uh, secondly to, to create that strong uh, West Australian Women's Footy League. So, you know, in, in our true, our tr- sort of true form is to to get these girls ready to play league footy in their home state. Um, you know, secondary to that now is we're lucky enough to prepare them uh, to be ready for the AFL. Um, so, yeah, I think that our game plan and the way we've approached it is is all about developing them to be ready for the next step. Uh, and if we, you know, to do that, I guess the the best environments are successful environments. So, you, so the pl- the plans to win games and and be really strong and 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 compete at the carnival are more about developing our players now, about holding the cup. That'd be a nice. Um, that, <laughs> that would be a very nice uh, sort of, uh, I, I guess, uh, a nice tick for us that we were that we have developed our players appropriately. And of course, Clint, your uh, coaching team being uh, rounded out by Matthew Templeton, uh, Emily Johnston, and Bronte Ryan. Yes, yes, uh, a nice, a nice group of sort of uh, of, of experience and, and the next big things. Uh, Emily Johnson, in particular, 23-year-old, uh, fantastic footy intellect, and she came through the program with us last year. 
Um, I'm wanted upwards. She's had some as a player. She's she's very neat and tidy with great feet, but uh, she's had some knee issues. So uh, her her ability to um, communicate. Um, um, or basically educate players is fantastic. She's a coach of the future. Bronte's with us for the first time. She's got our front end, and, and Matt Templeton's coached. Um, well, he's coached everywhere and everyone, so we're pretty lucky to have a, 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 that, that youth of youthful experience, youthful and experience put together in the same room. So it's, it's been good for the girls, and it's certainly a good work with the team. And just before we let you go, Clint, have you had any of the uh, former under-18s girls come back to uh, address the players? And I, I think of such names that have gone on, such as Sabrina Frederick Traub and Hayley Miller, both, of course, who played in the exhibition matches. Yeah, well, they, these players are always in and around these groups. We're lucky enough to have a 23s comp and then off the state women's and training at the same place. So uh, the, 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 those players are never far away from shaking hands and sort of congratulating our girls, including um, uh, Courtney Eugle as well, is always coming back to make sure the girls are OK. And uh, we've got uh, Cara Donnellan drops in to say hi, Kirby Bentley. So we're pretty lucky uh, over here in WA to, to, to have such a small community uh, that really looks after each other. But they, their influence has been very positive. And we thank Clint very much for his time. Now let's head up to the Sunshine State and a side that finished second last year in the Pool A section of the National Youth Girls Championships. That's the Queenslanders. And I've got on the line their coach, Craig Starsevich. Craig, thank you very much for joining us. Um, you must be still a buzz after that sensational finish by the Queenslanders last year. You didn't quite get the premiership. You didn't beat Vic Metro. But considering where a non-traditional state has come from, you've got to be pleased with the result. Yeah, no, no, no really good. Um, it's been a little little jocko made by one of our media interns, actually, which is floating around social media at the moment. So, um, no, it was good. I mean, we're, we're always, um, you know, we, we might um, ditch our underdog status at some point, but um, we're, we're certainly, um, you know, not, not the powerhouse Victorians or the West Australians, so it's always a little bit us against them. But, um, you know, last year was a really good opportunity having, you know, some quality players out there, Taylor Harris, in her last year as, um, as a youth girl was, you know, player of the carnival and very prominent. So we had a, it boils down to having a really good group. Um, we think we've got another decent group this year. So, um, you know, they turn over, another another batch of girls get a chance this year. And I think it, as far as the national comp now goes, all of these kids coming through now have got a genuine light at the end of the tunnel that they actually know that there's, there's something on the end of it um, career-wise if they want to pursue it. So... I think you know across the board, all states you're going to, now going to see youth girls being more and more like the under 18 boys championships, where you got uh, kids queuing up, ready to get onto AFL club lists. I guess the important thing to ask is uh, when did the under 18 girls start to first come together as a squad? We're hearing, of course, from other states, uh, excluding the NT, is that uh, most of them began their academy type training in November and then got picked off into a separate squad uh, from about January. Yeah, we're similar. Yeah, we have a we have a state championships back in October. Uh, we get an academy together, and the, the academy's partly about this team, but also about school sport 15s and kickstart and other state um, teams that Queensland uh, has represented sides in. So it's you know getting that 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 critical mass of quality players, giving them some academy experience, and then sending them off uh, to play interstate, but also making sure that they're really good club players as well and they pick up a few uh, bits and pieces through the academy curriculum that they can take back to clubland. So we do something similar. They they don't get um, a huge amount of contact with us between, say, November and January, but then January through to March, it's, it's pretty intense. We have a couple of trial games. We've, we've tried to line our 
selection trial games now up with the Lions and Sons Academy zones, the same way the boys do it. Um, I think they're doing that in New South Wales as well. So, um, yeah, that's, our, that's basically our selection process. So, but it, it's really sort of much more intense through March and April. And on that, how do you bring the um, squads together? Because it, it's, I guess it's easy for the Brisbane and Gold Coast areas only being an hour's drive apart. But obviously you've got players on your side as well from the central Queensland and northern Queensland areas. Yeah, we have. And in fact, Darling Downs, Toowoomba, Dolby, that sort of area has become really um, a pretty fertile um, talent zone for us in the in the female space. So um, we've got um, quite a few girls in our squad this year, three or four of them from the Darling Downs area. Also um, three from Capricornia around Rockhampton, Gladstone, one from Mackay, one from Cairns. So, yeah, spreading them across the state becomes um, a bit of a challenge getting them into a central spot in Brisbane to get some decent training going on. But this, um, this pre-season we've been able to get the girls down, fly, you know, fly them down um, periodically just to be around the main group. Um, and certainly we get them into the trial games. So, yeah, it's not without its challenges, but... Um, you know, we, we do the best we can. It's a big state and, um, you know, it's as far to fly from Cairns to Brisbane as it is to go from Brisbane to Melbourne, Peter. So um, it's a big state and there's, we're, we're lucky with competition spread right across it, to be honest. Uh, looking at the list compared to last year, um, how many have you managed to retain and, and how many newbies have you brought into the side? Um, thank you. That's a very good question. <laughs> I can't tell you off the top of my head. I think it's about half and half, to be honest. Um, yeah, but from last year, um, we have a couple of All-Australians that people might be familiar with from last year. Talia Randall, of course, has played an exhibition game, so she's back to her last year. Shaylise Law, um, Gabby Collingwood, Alicia King, uh, probably the, the four from last year. Um, and then there are a couple of others, too, that will be backing up from last year. But um, really happy that we've been able to bring in... Um, a few more 2001 and 2000 birthdays, so that's our 15 and 16 year olds. So there's a there's a handful of them coming through as well that we think are, are top notch and high class ones going forward. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. They've, they've all sort of that crew have all competed last year at the school sport championships in Geelong and went very well. So we're we're sort of you know, happy that they're in the group now and they're starting to come through. But yeah. To answer your question, it's about 50-50. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's good that we've got that turnover. And for both Randall and Law, how's the experience been for them? Obviously, Randall uh, having the exhibition game last year, but for them to be able to be playing with the senior women and playing at that level and now coming back to the youth girls for the championships. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it is really good for their confidence. Ariana Clark's the other one, too, that played for the Suns a couple of weeks ago in our exhibition game up here. So those three, we probably considered to be our most mature of our um, younger younger bunch, of our youth girls bunch. Um, we think, yeah, playing uh, playing amongst the women, I mean, they're all, those three in particular, are all named in their club's best players last weekend for round one of the Clothel as well. So, you know, they're playing amongst um, the, older, the older players, the more mature bodies, and holding their own and, and actually being um, pretty good players at the same time. So I think, you know, their confidence is... Um, certainly uh, lifted by having that experience. But as I've sort of said to a few people, the, the, the quality of games that you get at youth girls are not that far behind Queensland, uh, or very similar, in fact, to a really high-quality Queensland quaffle game. So um, the intensity, skill level, athleticism is, is right right up there. So, um, you know, playing quaffle footy, not 
too much different to um, you know what you might get in the say Queensland versus WA or Vic Metro or Vic Country game. From the couple of trial games that you've had for the academy uh, leading up towards these championships, have you noticed any bolters come out of the pack to, to fight their way late into the squad? Yeah, we've got a, got a couple. Um, uh, young girl Sophie Conway, whose who's brother um, Isaac was drafted by the Lions a couple of years ago as a rookie. Um, Sophie's from an elite hockey background and she's been, uh, she's been really good so far and, and slotted into club footy as well. Um, She's one. Uh, another girl, Shay Adams, who's actually Jonathan Brown's niece and plays like Brownie as well, which is pleasing. <laughs> um, she's uh, she's uh, new, fairly new to footy, believe it or not, and uh, hasn't played a whole lot of club footy, but is is now playing at Coolangatta down on the Gold Coast, and, and she'll play with us as well. So they're probably a couple. Um, just off the top of my head, yeah, there's, there's probably a few more that I could throw into that batch as well, but we don't want to let the opposition go too many secrets, Peter. We'll keep those up our sleeve and not put too much pressure on the girls. You've got some height on your side as well. A few players that are 5'10", 5'11", and including uh, Lauren Bella from the Mackay uh, Vipers, 185 centimetres, which I think is about 6'1 in the old language. Yep, she's one of the few ones in the group that just about looks me straight in the eye, Peter. So uh, there's not too many... There's actually not that many tall players Australia-wide, to be honest. Emma King is the real standout one, West Australian girl, but um, yeah, Lauren's um, netball are quite interested in Lauren as well, uh, as well as AFL. She she loves playing AFL. She loves the physicality of it. Uh, her her family a very uh, very uh, famous sporting family in Queensland. Um, her father played for the South Queensland Crushers in the old NRL, and her uncle is uh, Martin Bella, who is. Uh, Queensland State of Origin champion for a lot of years, and and Mum Cecily was a high high um, high level swimmer, so um, she's got certainly a good gene pool there. But um, yeah, Lauren's quite tall, got that classic sort of netball look about her. Actually, quite tall and broad shoulders, and quite athletic. So she's um, she's certainly one to look out for. But she's very much a development player at this stage. But we hope uh, if she plays in the ruck. She'll be she'll be handy for us at some point. Now, of course, we know these championships are all about um, development and obviously showcasing some of the uh, top age players for possible recruitment in the National League next year. But how many girls talk about the carrot for those in Pool A that's just dangling there, that if they finish top two at the end of the round robin, that's a date in the grand final on the MCG? Yeah, that's that's big. I mean, the, um, the kids are onto that already. But, um, you know, like every carnival, it's a, it's a one-game-at-a-time type scenario. So... Yeah, that's big. But uh, the other thing, uh, as you mentioned there, um, we probably haven't had, uh, we haven't come into a carnival before where every game's vitally important in terms of your own individual um, status in terms of putting your hand up to be drafted. So that's changed. That's that's different from previous years. Um, haven't had that before. And, and the girls, I think, uh, we're trying to you know sell that message as well, that every game counts, every minute in the game counts, um, you know, that people will be watching and so forth. So, um, yeah, while the while the carrot at the end of the week is is definitely that uh, that big game at the end of the MCG would be nice, but uh, every game in between is going to be uh, a hard battle. And of course, for you, you have two hats as being the coach of Queensland and the coach of the Western Bulldogs side. Um, for you during the week, do you find yourself uh, watching the other games, walking around, chatting with the other coaches, just for some ideas in your head about who you might draft for the Hampson Hardeman Cup match in September? 
Yeah, we, we certainly did that last year. So you, you keep an eye on the other games, that's for sure. So, um, you know, Benici was doing good things last year for the Vic Metro and um, there was, uh, I think Sarah Allen was running around for, for South Australia who was a bit of an interest to us all as well. Talia was obviously going well for Queensland. So, um, yeah, you're definitely having a look at what's, what's, what's out there. Um, you know, this year, I, I think your Catherine Smith and your Deanna Berry for Vic Metro are certainly the ones uh, that will be putting their hand up very strongly for what's going on around Melbourne in terms of the four clubs down there. But, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, you certainly are having a look at that um, with a bit of a view to... Um, and you probably don't want three or four of them in your squad in one hit. You probably just want to bring one or two in at most. But uh, it would have to be a pretty elite one or two. And we thank Craig very much for his time and wish the Queenslanders uh, all the very best. And Craig, all the very best, who not only coaches the Queensland Youth Girls, but will be coaching the Queensland Open women's side uh, when they do battle in May against Melbourne at the MCG. And then, of course, when he coaches the Western Bulldogs in the Hampson-Hardeman Cup Series match uh, in September busy year for Craig and it's going to get busy of course for him when the Women's National League comes around next year which we're all looking forward to and congratulations to him as well on making the AFL Women's Advisory Group which was announced late on Thursday night. Now it's time to go across to the champions, the hosts, Vic Metro. What a year they had last year. Undefeated in Mandra to get back their title as the number one state for youth girls football. I've got on the line there, Coach Wayne Seekman. Uh, Wayne, how does it feel to be the reigning champions defending your title on home turf in Melbourne? Uh, it's very exciting and one of the big reasons why I, I elected to reapply for the job and... Um, be able to coach these girls in their home state with uh, obviously the pressure of being defending champions was one key thing that I thought I could help the team with this year and uh, having plenty of experience previously I thought I'd be the best person to help these girls get through the situation and give them every opportunity to defend the title so uh, very much looking forward to it and uh, it's great for the, for the players to be able to play in front of their parents because not everyone can travel around Australia and afford a couple of extra airplane tickets to go watch their daughters play. So uh, it's great for them as well. And we talk about defending champions. Uh, how many of the squads still remain from last year's uh, championship? Uh, yeah, well, we've got 13, 13 new girls that have never played for Vic Metro out of the 27 before. Um, we've got 12 that played in last season's um, team, of which 11 played in the grand final, and then we've got two girls coming back who missed last year to round out our squad at 27. So, good mix um, and some new good talent coming through as well, so it's quite exciting to see how we'll gel during the week, but from all indications so far um, that we're coming along very nicely. Some big names in that side as well. I mean, two that uh, roll straight off the tongue, Isabel Huntington and Catherine Smith. Yeah, it's fantastic. Firstly, to get Izzy back, because obviously last year she missed uh, last year's national championships through injury. So she's sort of a fresh player back on the scene and, you know, everyone was has been breathtaking seeing the way she's played the two years before and coming back this year, she's fitter, she's stronger. And as a 17-year-old, she's still got two years of youth girls footy which is amazing um, just can't wait to see her her in action obviously Catherine who's our captain this year she just keeps ticking the boxes an outstanding leader on and off the field 
um, and the way she plays, she uh, leads from the front in that in that regard too. And some other standouts, including Monique Conti and Deanna Berry. Yeah, so I'll, you know, Deanna, vice captain this year, and she's just a big time player. Um, she, when the big moments there and the games there to be won or lost, she she's always standing up. Last year, the grand final, we put it back in the last quarter of play on Taylor Harris, which we all know played for Melbourne. Uh, Eddie had in that famous game on Channel Seven, and uh, she she played well that day. Taylor and um, Deanna went back there and did the job for us and got us the result in the grand final. So, big time player and same with Monique Conti. She's uh, last year's first time in the team, made all Australian. She was our leading possession getter and just a very hard player to run and tackle and uh, the decision making tops that off too. So, no, all, all positive there. Just about a month or so ago, we had the. Um TAC Cup Academies playing their respective Youth Girls Championships uh, throughout Victoria. Eight squads. Um, out of those games, uh, who impressed you and managed to nudge their way into the squad on the back of those performances? Um, yeah, a couple, a couple did, actually. There's one girl from Sandringham called Sharis Uli Panati. Um, she plays, she's actually the captain of um, her local side down in, I think, Parkmore. And her defending, she never got beaten. Um, every time the ball went down the area in the Sandringham defence, she would mark the footy. If it went to ground, she'd just be ferocious and just refuse to get beaten. And since having her in the Vic Metro squad and working with her, she's just an um, outstanding young individual. And, you know, she's going to fit right at home in our side down back because, you know, you need to have a very strong back six and need girls that just want to compete and win the footy and she's one that does that um, hands down. It's probably the highlight and the one that stood up the most from all all those games. And then obviously there was a few other girls that we hadn't seen much before but with the ability of having games to watch and select your squad rather than just selecting from training performances really enforces and enhances the, both the Vic Metro and the Vic Country programs this year. So there's games under the belt for these girls. Uh, we've seen them play against other opposition and see how they stand up with the pressure of, you know, youth girls footy in Victoria. So I think it's going to not just help us, but also help the country become even better and have a bit more match fitness for the Nationals next week. And just recently you had a practice game against Vic Country. Um, what pleased you with that hit out and what's some of the things you think you still need to work on leading into next week? It was a very good hit out. Um, First, it was great to see my senior assistant from last year, Scott Gowans, who's now the, obviously the Vic Country coach, get to coach um, against him. It's great to see the improvement they've made and it's, it's fantastic to see them uh, really well coached and bring a bit more professionalism to them on and off the field and all the reports from his staff and his own players is that they've improved there. So I'm excited for them. But from our point of view, you know, practice game for us is more about trying to find out who can't do what because at nationals unlike any other football national carnival we actually got to play four games in five days which is quite unique so there's stages throughout those four games in five days that players are going to be tested and need to go to a position where they may not have played before or don't feel as comfortable so we treat the practice game as putting players in positions they might not have played that 
hey, who knows if something happens in the middle of the game and someone goes down, we need someone to go play key back or a small forward or as a winger. We need to know who can do that and who can't because nationals, you don't have that luxury of being able to find 15 minutes where you can test it. So we, we treat it that way. And um, obviously we just work on the new, new game style that we've been trying to implement. And we saw great passages of play during that, that we're working well towards it. You know, we're a couple more, couple more training sessions before we national start to top it off. But all our KPIs um, through all our three phases of our game plan are on track and where they had to be. So uh, we're in a we're in a pretty comfortable position as a coaching group, and the players are you know stepping up and understanding the the high level structure that we've put in place because we you know we want to test these girls, not just make them just go out and play footy. We really want to test them and test their footy knowledge and capability to play to a game plan because hopefully you know five, six, seven, eight of these girls get drafted next year and go straight in the AFL Women's League and they've actually got to start playing and listening and structuring up to something similar. So we're trying to make it as much AFL-like as possible for these girls. Well, as you talked about with the draft, there's two carrots there for them. The first one I'll touch on is that the winners, or should I say the top two uh, sides in Pool A, will meet in the grand final and they will play on the MCG's a curtain race at Hawthorne versus Richmond. Yeah, it's it's an amazing uh, amazing reward just for the, the two the two teams that make it to the grand final. So you got obviously you all there trying to you know win a national championship, but the carrot to get to the grand final is something that you know forty eight lucky girls are going to have that opportunity to play on the MCG, and who knows you know for some of them they might never get the opportunity to do that again. So now there's two two big carrots there and. Hopefully uh, the girls can put into place the structures we we put out there, and if they can do that and execute it well, um, I'm sure they'll get their opportunity. And as you said, for you as a coach, you wanted to test the players during the practice games because they may be needed in any position during the championships. Um, what do you do post-championships after the girls' performance? Is it for you filing some report or, or something like that to give the knowledge to the respective recruiters that will be looking for the players to take part in the inaugural uh, Women's League next year? Well, it's all, all going to be new for, for, all the, uh, for all the new coaches and the players uh, because we've never had this opportunity before, but you know, I'll, I'll be more than happy to uh, have any AFL recruiters once they work out who's getting the license to um, give me a call and let me know. But you know, my role with Dandong Stingrays as a senior assistant there, you know, we get that experience already, so that's um, a bit of a benefit for me to know what that next step is for under 18 boys, but also for the girls what they might entail at the end of this season. So uh, it's exciting for everyone involved in. Uh, not just youth girls, but in female footy. And what do you expect of your competition? You've already seen Vic Country. How much have you been able to glean off of WA and Queensland, who I guess are, are looking at similar squads again? They're looking about half the player turnover. Yeah, well, it's always it's always good because you sort of you try to find out as much information as you can for the other two states. And you know, WA they're going to improve heaps with Clint in his second year. Um, obviously, first year last year he tried to teach a lot of structure to the girls and a lot of terminology and you know with him being in the role for another 12 months earning it a benefit hugely from him and you know he's a very good coach and I'm looking forward to coaching against him this year so they're, they're going to improve out of sight with just basic terminology that he's used to um, the 
so they, they'll improve and they'll, I think they'll be pretty disappointed after last year not being able to make the grand final being the defending champion so they'll, they'll come over pretty pretty pumped up and ready to go and obviously Craig Stasovich we all know the name and he's done fantastic for Queensland football especially for the youth girls to you know make a grand final last year was a great effort for him um, I think they're going to be a much better you know much more even side this year obviously last year at times they relied on on Harris, but this year without Harris, they might actually become a, a better team because they don't have to rely on anyone heavily. So, you know, I know that they're ready to go and they just can't wait until 10.30 on Monday morning to get back at us. And obviously, they'll have a bit of revenge in there. So, um, hopefully, you know, all games of footy are going to be fantastic to watch. So, I mean, I, if you, everyone's free next week during the week, get down and watch some really top footy at the Youth Girls Championships. And uh, Wayne, who will be joining you as assistants on the coaching panel? Um, very lucky. I've got Damien Keeper who was my um, my defensive coach last year, so he stepped up as my senior assistant, um, who at the end of this um, championship will take over for me for next year, which is great. So I've been sort of helping him along the way, and he's been doing fantastic work down at the Calder Cannons and also in the Women's Academy in Victoria here. So he's... He's, he's going great. Uh, he'll look after my midfield. Um, got Jason Peake, a new new addition to the lineup. Um, comes highly recommended from Damien, Damien Keeping. So he's been doing great things for our forward line. And because he's new to the youth girls program this year, he's, he hasn't seen any girls before. So he's come in there with an open book and um, really had an extra eye at all, our, all these academy games to select the squad. And we've actually, our third member is Alex Alexand, Alex Saundry, who was a Vic Country assistant coach a couple of years ago, and last year she, um, she had, had a year off, also big rowing coach, and I got her over because I you know, saw something there that I really wanted to have her on board, and she's, she's been great for our defenders down back, and the girls are really behind her and supporting everything she does, so I'm really lucky to have three good assistants that are all of the top echelon that make my job a lot easier um, coaching the girls and finally before we let you go obviously leading into this uh, youth girls championships we haven't seen the likes of say uh, Smith and Myth and uh, from Vic Country who played some senior football last year um, has the attitude been with them just to keep them with the youth girls at the moment and once the championships are over to allow them to uh, step up to state league football again yeah well it's, it's been it's been tricky because the obviously last weekend we had the practice game against Big Country so obviously only one game of footy for the weekend and the week before they've had only had one opportunity to play senior footy because the weekend just passed that it was all rest for them to prepare for next week so they haven't had a lot of opportunity they've had one opportunity to play but um, it was, wasn't appropriate for them so basically that's correct so after Nationals finish those 18 year old or 17, 18 year old girls get the opportunity and you know a lot of them will go play senior footy because the more senior footy they can play, the better it's going to help them and their prospects of getting drafted for next year. We thank Wayne very much for his time and wish the Victoria Metro Youth Girls all the very best at the National Youth Girls Championships in Melbourne. That concludes our look at Pool A. In part two of our look at the National Youth Girls Championships, we'll be catching up with most, if not all, of the Pool B coaches, having a chat with them, how they think their respective sides will go in a five-team Pool B competition. Northern Territory and Tasmania being standalone and, of course, featuring South Australia 
Australia, New South Wales ACT and the Woomeras. So keep your eye out for that. And of course, keep your eye out for our articles previewing the championships and our review articles on girlsplayfooty.com. And a quick little plug, don't forget to tune in to our VFL women's broadcast. We're doing round four, Knox Falcons versus the VU Western Spurs, Sunday afternoon, 1st of May from 1.30pm. Just download the TuneIn app to your tablet or mobile phone and search Girls Play Footy. Or, of course, you can find the stream on girlsplayfooty.com. I'm Peter Holden. It's been great having your company. Until next time, it's bye for now.